Welcome to the Beltway Broadcast, the premier podcast for the workplace learning and talent development professionals of the Association for Talent Development's Metro DC chapter. We've got some great resources in store for you today. Hello, fellow ATDers. I'm Leticia Niago, the 2022 President-Elect for the Metro DC chapter of the Association for Talent Development. And I'm Christina Eanes, the Vice President of Marketing and Communications. Hey, everyone. I'm Stephanie Hupka, a chapter past president and a member of the Pod Squad here at Metro DC ATD. We also have Helena Hodges. She is our Vice President of Finance and Operations as our producer. For today's episode, we are interviewing international professional keynote speaker, trainer, author, and copywriter, Dr. Jonathan Peters. Dr. Peters is the current Chief Motivation Officer at Sentencia Gamification, a trusted developer of learning solutions that help to improve the performance of individuals, teams, and organizations. Welcome, Jonathan. Well, thank you. This is exciting. Before we jump into our topic of creating successful gamified learning programs, can you share a little bit about yourself with our listeners? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm an old professor, uh, and what most of you don't know is that the older you get, the younger college students get. And uh, <laughs> so back, back in 2008, I said, you know, I got to go do something fun. I want to start hanging out with adults. And I went out there, and I did uh, miserably uh, the first seminar I gave. And so I was like, you know, something needs to change. What worked as a uh, college professor does not work inside of uh, adult learning, <laughs> corporate <laughs> learning. <laughs> so that eventually, like I said, brought me to gamification. Nice. So first, for people who are not familiar, what is gamification? Yeah, so gamification... There's there's purists when it comes to the term, which I'll uh, you know, I'll give you a definition here in a little bit, but it can expand uh, beyond that. Uh, certainly for here at Sententia, um, so basic gamification is when we take game what's fun about games, so we call it game elements and game mechanics, and then apply them into a non-game context, such as uh, learning and development. Uh, there's um, so that's inside of, so the purists in gamification say it doesn't look and feel like a game uh, and that that would be more like game-based learning or something along those lines. So, but here, like I said, we, we use gamification as a larger uh, term, if you will, to cover straight gamification, uh, serious games, game-based learning, um, and, and all of those things. Because we still are taking games, what's fun about games, and applying them to learning. Okay. So in the learning and talent development space, generally, it appears that very successful gamification efforts tend to be few and far between. Is that truly the case? And if so, why do you think that is? We've been, yeah, I guess it's the adoption, maybe. Um, and that, well, <laughs> the short answer is it takes a lot more work than just slapping <laughs> up. <laughs> just doing a, taping a lecture, putting some words on the screen. Yes. Uh, so there, it does take uh, more work, more thought process. And especially here in the United States, there's a less adoption of the idea than, say, like India. It's uh, very common to, or much more common, I should say, to uh, to gamify learning. And then and really gamification of learning 
started in, in Europe. So there's a little more traction in Europe. But as soon as I was saying that, I was like, oh, not as much as there used to be. <laughs> so, yeah, so I think a lot of it is probably, if I were to look at it, is we're very busy people. So instructional designers um, are told to crank out a training very, very quickly. And so I think a lot of it is just not taking the time or maybe not getting the support from the higher ups to take the time to apply the resources to gamify something. Okay. So like a few of our talent development professionals are not a few, actually a lot, <laughs> are interested in gamification. And there are a few concepts that are important. Um, can you talk about persona design? What is a learner persona and how are they typically created? So learn, uh, personas in general uh, come from the marketing world is, is where we got it from. Where That's my background is in marketing. So when I moved into uh, this realm, into the uh, L&D realm, it's the idea of taking those personas. And so I used to say, uh, when we market to everyone, we market to no one. But when we end up designing uh, for other people, so like learning programs, we end up designing for ourselves. And that there'll be a disconnect then between who, what, who we are, what we enjoy, how we like to learn and how they like to learn. And so that's where personas become important because we can't make training for everyone. But if we have them in front of us, the little cutouts, which that's what we do here, is then, then it allows us to focus on them and what is fun for them. And to this is a non-gamification uh, piece, but to just use as an example, uh, a lot of people like to learn in the format that we're doing here, like on a podcast or through videos. Well, personally, I would rather read something because I can read at a much faster rate <laughs> than we're speaking here. And uh -huh. uh, so I can get to the information quickly, uh, much more quickly than I can. If there's something specific, I can skip ahead in a, in a text. Well, my audience doesn't, uh, they would prefer video. They would prefer audio learning. And so that, that way, that's why I would need a persona so I can look at them and say, how, what do they need? What, how can I give to them? And especially in gamification, what is fun for them? <laughs> not, not necessarily what's fun for me. Yeah, that makes complete sense. What would you say is the impact of going through testing, right? Um, testing a gamified learning program as part of a rollout process. In our model, it's intentional. We start at the very, very beginning with personas, but then it ends at the, what's called play testing. So this comes from the, the game design world is that, and this is what I loved coming from the academic background to the, to the play world, you know, <laughs> game design world is that iteration as part of design. And so to, to, for me, it was changing my concept, you know, because before the semester started, everything had to be laid out all the, all the assignments and, and the schedule was all put together ahead of time. But now to realize that I don't know. So it's important to take a group and have them run through the program ahead of time to see what works, what doesn't, where do they disengage, uh, maybe where they get overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. uh, because like for me and my gameplay, you know, my personal life, uh, I can really grind through something. Well, maybe my learners will give up before I would give up. And so it's important that to have some sort of uh, play testing so that we can iterate before it launches. And then also ultimately when, when you know, budgets are in play to, to make sure it's going to be successful before 
a complete rollout of, of a program. Interesting. And so I do want to talk about motivation and how that plays into the effectiveness of a game's mechanics. And your title is very interesting. You are a chief motivation officer. <laughs> <laughs> so fun. Could you shed some light for us? Sure. So, uh, well, I'll, I'll take it a little further. So I have this theory, being a good academic, so a theory of fun. And so uh, my concept, I guess when you're on a platform like this, you should mention your book. So my book, uh, Deliberate Fun, is about uh, this this process. And, and so we have these core desires that each of us have. And then my theory is, is that what makes something fun is that it appeals to at least one of those uh, core desires. And so... That's where it's important that we we think about who they are uh, first of all, because what's motivating for them, what their drives them, what they find is fun, is, is much more different than, like I said, what we find is fun. So to use that example of grinding, so one of the things that that I find that motivates me personally is when it comes to let's say exercise we should all exercise well I, I, I need it to be more challenging than just riding my bike down the road so i ride we live uh, near a wind farm here and so i'd rather jump a fence and ride out through the wind farm <laughs> on my bicycle than just the nice or even uh, something really simple and easy so it's finding what what motivates what drives them and again we can't design for everyone so we'll always have right. outliers we'll always have outliers so don't design for me because i'm the crazy mm -hmm. one <laughs> <laughs> it's good to understand that it really is all about your audience and what works for them. Um, what would you recommend for our listeners, our talent development professionals who are interested in creating successful gamified learning programs? Where could they even start? Yeah, so it's getting in the converse, conversation. Um, so when we're looking at with us with the, in the gamification uh, conversation, so certainly uh, reaching out, uh, we, we have a, a great community, active community. Actually, we have a Friday night we call it the Game Garage, where it's so it's free, anybody can show up, and it's a great way to see what's going on out there because I, th I think that's where we a lot of us would when we can't see what it looks like at the end. And so when it's all just theory, we don't really move. Uh, it's difficult for us to move forward into to making it practical. So it's, uh, it's getting in the, the conversation. Like I said, reach, reach out to, to us and we can plug you in. But right now, it's I think we're really enjoying the Friday night game garage. <laughs> so even though not everybody's free on uh, Friday nights, but it's, it's not structured. There's no lecture. It's just play. We just get together and play. Uh, with game, not actual games, but learning games. Yeah, I've attended some of those and I have to say it is a lot of fun and you get to connect with so many people. Thank you. Hey, Jonathan, I have to say I am definitely a big games person. Anyone who knows me know I'm, knows I'm addicted to escape rooms. <laughs> so <laughs> okay, I yeah, love learning yeah, through escape rooms. So you can learn about, a, lot, a lot about life in escape rooms. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think in fact, uh, uh, so yeah, so last year, for instance, I, don't know, I think probably, well, more than 50%. So people are showing us how to do escape rooms and PowerPoint and how to do this one and that one and onboarding at the University of uh, the Metropolitan 
university in uh, Norway that has an escape room for onboarding their oh, students. That's so, so, yeah, awesome. so they had us play, they <laughs> translate the English so we could play along. Oh, that's so <laughs> awesome. Now, is there anything else that you think our listeners need to know about gamification? Yeah, it's, the main thing for me is that, yes, points, badges, and leaderboards are part of it. We call it cosmetic, but it, there's so much more. And then ultimately, those we call them game mechanics, those three game mechanics, for instance, leaderboards can discourage a lot of people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then badges kind of like, well, what am I going to do with them? And, and points can feel like school. So there's, <laughs> I have a list, uh, I just was working on it. So anyway, over 190 game mechanics have been cataloging over the last couple of years. You know, so there's so much more we can do besides just relying on these very, very tired uh, usage. So they're they're not wrong. They're not bad. They're just boring. And (laughs) overused. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Those things don't motivate me at all. I'm like, okay, leaderboard, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, Any suggestions then along those lines? Our biggest, and there's some big uh, research to support this, but to really think in terms of narrative and story. Um, so besides gamification, some great, great uh, research on the power of story and, and how our brains process information, bring in information, apply information. So begin to think about wrapping your learning programs inside of some sort of an adventure that, uh, and even have people go on that adventure. So we, we love using maps adventure maps and stuff because first of all it's it's easy and cheap but instead of like a syllabus why not have a journey that people go on yeah and you can do it for i mean fairly you know low cost i i even hired like a a voice actor on fiverr uh, to do a pirate voice to take uh i have one one workshop where i take people on an adventure um, you know, we go on a pirate ship and they have to solve some problems. And then we talk about perception, emotional intelligence stuff. But I love that idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 could you give me just a couple more? Because I'm really excited about this. Yeah. Right. So those are the big ones. The um, Yeah. So adventure. Let me go through. So the other, and it depends on your audience. I want to be careful with this, but to have some sort of, of time pressure. Now we have to, we get into, you know, 508 compliance issues and so on. So that you have to be careful with how, how this is used and when it is used. But when we're, uh, that clock can can add that level of urgency of, of moving something through. So, like I said, we have to be really careful how we how we use it and how we apply it. Um, I'm experimenting with a game now, again in my personal life, that there is that it's impossible to hit a win state, and so I'm analyzing my play. <laughs> it's like because it's it's right now it's addictive because I can never complete the puzzle, and and, and uh, so I'm curious about where that goes. But I don't again I'm not applying that to every to everybody. But um, if we go back to uh, like leveling up um, exposures. Oh, and then my favorite is, again, it takes a little bit more work, uh, is the good old Easter eggs. Uh, yeah. Because it seems like everybody loves finding an Easter egg. <laughs> so it just... And, and it's a way of, of adding more learning in uh, to have an Easter egg and the, without feeling like like the added burden. Yeah. Well, and it, I'm sure it keeps people really focused because they're like, okay, where's the Easter egg? You know, <laughs> what is it? I love it. And it almost sounds like a lot of this is built around 
uh, finding that balance and getting the learners into flow. Yeah. Flow is a big concept inside of gamification uh, from, from the old timers. Yeah. <laughs> Especially. <so. laughs> hey, I'm right there with you with being an old timer too. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Well, um, anything else before we jump into rapid fire? The, hmm. See, oh, Flo, I was going to mention uh, when I came to uh, gamification, because I uh, read the Mikai Chuck sent me high, I think I messed up his first name, uh, a while ago, and I didn't understand. I came in, I was like, well, why is everybody talking about him? But uh, to, to relook at it, so the idea is to keep things, the, finding the balance between challenge and skill. So as our skills go up, we increase the challenge. And so that's very, very powerful to uh, gamification. Oh, absolutely. And it can be a little difficult when you have varying levels in the, uh, the quote unquote room, right? So it's, it's definitely finding that line. Yeah, definitely. At the end of every episode, we like to ask rapid fire style questions. (laughs) (laughs) Each question requires less than 60 seconds to respond, but don't worry. I'm sure you know all the answers. We're good. (laughs) <laughs> but see we're putting a little bit of time pressure in there yep, see yeah yeah okay anyway <laughs> so give us one book that all talent development professionals or just professionals in general must read and why okay so my new current passion right now is the extended mind so m-i-n-d um so it's the power of thinking outside the brain so it's a uh, annie murphy paul um, is, is the author. And the, the, the quick uh, synopsis is that our brains developed through movement, our whole bodies. We're not computers. Um, so we weren't, we're not set up to think by sitting on our butts and watching or listening. Yeah. Yeah. Pa- powerful book. Amazing I love book. it. I just added it to my list. Yeah. Okay. Uh, give us one tool that you recently learned about and immediately started using. Tool, <laughs> uh, boy, let's see. So here's what's interesting. Uh, so Canva, which, you know, I've been in PowerPoint and Illustrator forever. I'm not good at it. I'm not proficient. But the Canva has like this whole kind of AI thing going on when it comes to designing. And it's really speeding up the visual when, you know, when I need, need to design visuals. So it's K-N-V-A. I, I love it. Canva. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So what is the best piece of either talent development related advice or just advice in general you've ever been given? I I would say what I keep focusing on and harping on is it is about the learner. It's about them. And uh, in, in, in focusing on them is that it's, because I have to keep, you know, even though I have talks on it, I still have to remind myself <laughs> because we get caught up. Well, and then especially for those of us that work, we uh, we have outcomes we, we need to, to produce and we lose the learner in the process of cranking out yeah. you know, all these learning programs that we're supposed to be creating, or that we are creating, I shouldn't say supposed to, we're actually doing it. Yeah, so, yeah, I know. Yeah. Learner centered. I love it. No, no yeah. uh, sage on the stage, right? Or the guide from yeah, the side that, or whatever yeah. that term I is. That one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Okay. So what's one thing you're excited about that's coming up in the next year or so? 
next year or so. So uh, we continue to uh, p- produce uh, different Gamacons. So I'd certainly Ooh. like folks to get into this. And I then believe uh, if we miss the, the one that's coming up, uh, we're going to do a 48 hour. So once a year, we're going to go around the world in 48 hours. And so we've done, we did one during pandemic and we're going to keep it. So what's great and fun is that it's uh, people in their time zones can attend and speak in their time zones. So for for me, because I end up covering the night shift, that's where I get to really tap into what's going on in India. And then, of course, attendees can watch the recordings. We don't expect people to, although last time we did have people, one lady stayed on, logged on uh, for over 24 hours. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Several people who stayed up more than 30 hours. Oh, my goodness. but then they're totally burned out for the, the next day. So it wasn't the smart thing to do. <laughs> but, but yeah, we're, I'm excited about that because we get to access to so many, to at least hear and see what's going on around the world. Oh, absolutely. Instead of just hanging out in the U.S., you know. Yeah. Now, uh, if our listeners want to learn more about that, what do you recommend uh, they do? Just Google GameCon or... Yeah, so it's gamacon.us, and you can see what the, the upcoming schedules are. Uh, our live versions are uh, w- with Training Magazine with their conferences. So if it's either oh, cool. training or um, Tech Learn in the fall, so it's, it'd be some of those that are coming up. So okay. we co-locate our lives with them, and then, like I said, this 48-hour <laughs> wow. monster comes <laughs> along. Uh, it, t- it takes a lot of coordination, but to, to, to be in the conversation with, with literally people from around the world is yeah. exciting. Well, that's awesome. Okay, final question. What is the one thing within our industry that you are deeply grateful for right now? It's the community that that I've just appreciated uh, so much that unlike other professions, because like I said, I've, I've been in sales, I've been in marketing, we share, this community just shares so much more. There's not the competition, uh, or, or I should say less, the, the grandstanding the, uh, that that happens in other professions. And so ours is that, that sense of sharing sense of community is, uh, I've really appreciated. And especially when I step back and step into other places, I just spoke at a, another conference, uh, over the weekend and, uh, in a different industry and just, just in there, everybody's trying to have, look how good I am. Look how good I am. Look how good I am. And I just don't see that in our community. Um, I mean, it's still there, I'm sure. <laughs> but it's a lot less than other ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome. So, especially, you know, when you go to ATD Ice, it's like everybody's giving um, uh, all the speakers at, um, when, you, when you go to the International Conference and Expo for ATD. Yeah, Jonathan, we're so happy you joined us today. Our listeners are really going to enjoy this episode. Thank you so much. Thank you. This was great. And thank you to my co-host as well. Oh, this was fun. It really was. I have to say it is fun to listen to people talk about having fun at work. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for the tips and the ideas. I think there's a lot that we're going to be able to take with us and start incorporating. And many thanks to our community for listening. Before you go, we have a message from our producer, Helena Hodges. Do you need help with a project? Not a problem. Check out our network of local talent development experts by visiting dcatd.org forward slash consultants directory. 
check out dcatd.org for upcoming chapter events, learning programs, member benefits, and so much more. Thank you.